You're listening to Old Dog New Tricks with Abby Vollmer, where we are all about health and wellness and a little sprinkling of faith. Today, I have brought in my son, Lee Vollmer. Lee is, uh, resides at Seminary in Kendrick Glennon um, in St. Louis normally, but quarantine has taken them home, so I have my son with me, and uh, we, we often get into great conversations um, and they, they turn very spiritual, as you would imagine. But he also brings some enlightenment sometimes to topics that are fairly worldly. So I thought today we would have a little conversation about <clears throat> what I kind of term as false identity. Um, or when we have a sense of depression because of who we think we are. So I want to start by kind of telling my story and um, a story that that I went through. So as you know from my other episodes, there was a period where uh, a year where I lost a lot of weight. I lost 100 pounds. And so during that time, I was very goal-centered and I had a coach and um, I was it was a very exciting time. I mean, the, the scale was moving, the needle was moving down every day. It was very, it was happening very quickly and I was working very hard and I was incredibly focused. So I reached my goal and it was great. And then what? Then what? So I was now in a position where I no longer had a coach. I no longer had a big goal. I was now 52 and didn't really have any new goals that I wanted to achieve. And I went into a little bit of a depression. And I later found out that that's often, or that's that's kind of common, and it's called post-achievement depression. And I remember talking to my son Lee about it fairly recently. and so I thought maybe we could talk here just a bit and because maybe some of you have had that same experience. So Lee, what do you think, what are your thoughts on, um, on kind of my story and, and what happened there? Well, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I think the research and just life experience points to stuff like that happens all the time. And it's so fun to have a project. It's so fun to just have something you're directed towards, you're working on. And I share a similar experience. Uh, When I was in college, it was like my happiness was just kind of centered around these goals. And I thought that I would finally be happy whenever I reached them, you know, whenever I meet the right woman or get the right job or graduate and move to the right place however it might be that's when I'll finally be happy and I think that's a problem is a lot of us hold on to whenever this happens that's when I'll finally be happy and I and the answer it's never external it's internal you know we were created by God and for God our whole purpose for existence is uh, is directed towards him and he gives us all kinds of gifts along the way but it's like St. Augustine says, he said, my heart was restless until it found rest in you, talking to the Lord. And I really, I, I'm convicted that our country is full of restless hearts. We, we try to buy a lot of things, <laughs> we try to do a lot of things, and uh, 
We're trying to fill an emptiness. And those things are, they're good, don't get me wrong. Losing weight is a great thing and it honors your body. It gives you, it helps you live with the body that you're meant to have. <clears throat> but when it's just the source of where you're looking for your fulfillment from, it will always fall flat. Everything else outside of Jesus will always fall flat because we're made for him. So <clears throat> one of the things that you said to me was, you said, Mom, you said, your identity is not in your physical achievements. Your true identity is being a child of God. And then those other, I, those other pieces are, yes, part of your identity, but they're not your true central identity. Can you explain what you mean by that? Like, what do you mean a child of God? What does that mean for me? What does that mean I need to do? What does that mean? How does that help me to not feel that emptiness? That's a really good question. Um, essentially, there's, you know, I mean it in a few senses. Of course, once you're baptized, you're adopted into the family of God. You have the same place with the Heavenly Father that Jesus has. You're another one of his children. And uh, from that, it's as far as the center of your life, I like to think about it like if you ask somebody to draw their life, you know, they'll probably draw a bunch of different pieces like a pie and it's like oh this is my health piece of life and this is you know maybe my spouse uh, piece or my kids or just the family piece all together and this is work and uh, this might be you know uh, going to church your faith however it might be and there's these different pieces of, of a pie and really I don't think that that works because I think that we all of us we have a center a center in our life around which everything else revolves, where it touches everything else. And our identity as a beloved son or daughter of God, it's not just this part of my life where on Sundays I, I go and I honor that part of me. It's like, no, it affects my relationship with you and dad. It affects my relationship with my brothers and with what I do at work, with how I study for school, with the way I treat people and the way I approach it. God is in everything. And it's not an abstract concept when you start trying to involve him. Like, Lord, what do you want me to do from this? When you start asking and you start trying to listen, you know, it's uh, a bunch of people are like, I, I just can't hear him. He never answers me. Or they only think prayer is asking for what you want and <laughs> talking, you know, and, mm -hmm. and not a lot of listening. And the Lord's a person. And if there's one thing I really want everybody to know, it's that God loves you. He loves you enough to die for you, to redeem you, but that in that he has a plan for your life. I wish I could have told myself years ago, I don't have to figure all of it out on my own. And I tried to, I tried so hard to put together an enormous plan when really <clears throat> there was something laid out for me that I had no idea what it was, oftentimes even as it was happening, but as it laid out, I've found more joy than what I ever could have imagined just doing the stuff that I wanted to do in the first place. So what I mean by we're children of God is that you're worth enough that God became man. And he died for you, he rose from dead to free you from sin, and that he has a plan to make you happy and to change the world. 
whether it's immediately through the people around you, whether it's through the things you do, all of that. Listen to him. Ask and listen because he'll tell you. Okay. You know, one of the things we talked about at one point was um, the sad, well, really tragic story of Ronda Rousey. Can you can you elaborate on that a bit? Sure. Well, Ronda Rousey, you know, she was on top of the world. She was the greatest woman UFC fighter the world has ever seen, and she was winning nonstop. Um, everybody was honoring her, and uh, and you know, honor in itself isn't a bad thing, <laughs> and um, and being excellent at something is not a bad thing. I'm not slamming that at all because she worked hard and she's very disciplined. But after I believe it was Holly Holm. I'm pretty sure I watched that fight. After Holly Holm beat her to the shock of the world, um, Rhonda fell into a deep, deep depression. She talked about it on a talk show later, but she was seriously considering taking her own life. And I think people have this misguided notion that just if you have everything you could want materially, then how could you ever be sad? And that's that's just false. Oh, I know. It is so sad. I mean, I I think of Anthony Bourdain, you know. It's just these people that have, that we look at it and we think, oh my gosh, they have it all. And they do, worldly-wise. In a a sense, yeah. Um, And, you know, and but then you just, I don't know. Well, there's, there's material poverty and material richness, but then there's spiritual poverty and spiritual richness. And when Saint Mother Teresa visited America, she said, I've encountered more poverty here in America than I have in Calcutta, but it's worse because it's a spiritual poverty. We're all poor and we're all desperately searching for something to fill that emptiness and that hole that we feel within us. And Ronda Rousey put her identity life who I am and I am a fighter that wins and when that was proved not to be the case by Holly Holm she had put all her stock of her identity in that and it's like your world comes crashing down you don't even know who you are you don't know what your purpose what your mission is you don't have a frame of reference for how loved you are it your very identity what you put yourself in came crashing down and that's why she almost took her life. And thank God she's, you know, she's found new purpose. She's turned it around. She's doing a lot of good things. She's even in the uh, WWE wrestling now, which she loved as a kid, you know. So I'm happy for that. But so many people carry around an emptiness. And it's not like after you become a Christian, you start living your life for God. It's not like everything's sunshine and roses from there because life is still hard. But suffering is no longer meaningless. Suffering is no longer pointless. And God calls you to great things that you never would have done on your own. But it all flows not from you're a soldier and he's the commander and he sends you out with orders. Or if he's your father, you're his daughter, you're his son. And out of the love of that relationship, this this is, I think you should go down this path. And that's what led me to seminary. I'm not completely sure if I'm supposed to be a priest or not, but... God loves me, and I trust him, and he's proved that over and over again. So I know that I can just keep giving him one yes at a time, even when I don't know what the future is going to look like, and I'll be okay. 
Thank you, Lee. See, I know you all are jealous of this these conversations because I get to have these all the time with my son when he's home, and I love them. So, you know, with this particular podcast, um, really the focus is on wellness, and it's on our spiritual wellness, and it's on our mental wellness, which, you know, follows right behind spirituality, I feel. Um, so... I'm glad you came with us today just to kind of hear this, and I hope you were inspired by it. I know that I was, Lee. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Yes, it was it was wonderful. So I leave you with the message of um, spiritual poverty and spiritual richness. Let's Let's strive for our spiritual rich souls. Thank you, and we will talk soon.